On the podcast today, we are going to dissect chapter 39 of the Tao Te Ching, which makes up the 39th episode of the 81 Meditations on the Tao Te Ching. And as usual, Guyang will read Jafu Feng and Jane English's translation, and I will read Derek Lin's translation. These things from ancient times arise from one. The sky is whole and clear. The earth is whole and firm. The spirit is whole and strong. The valley is whole and full. The ten thousand things are whole and alive. Those in power are whole, and the country is upright. All these are in virtue of wholeness. The clarity of the sky prevents it from falling. The firmness of the earth prevents it from splitting. The strength of the spirit prevents it from being exhausted. The fullness of the valley prevents it from drying up. The growth of the ten thousand things prevents their extinction. Good leadership by those in power prevents the country from failing. Therefore, the humble is the root of the noble. The low is the foundation of the high. The wise consider themselves orphaned, widowed, and worthless. Their humility is the source of their strength. Too much success is not an advantage. Do not tinkle like jade or clatter like stone chimes. Those that attained oneness since ancient times. The sky attained oneness and thus clarity. The earth attained oneness and thus tranquility. The gods attained oneness and thus divinity. The valley attained oneness and thus abundance. The myriad things attained oneness and thus life. The rulers attained oneness and became the world's standard. These all emerged from oneness. The sky, lacking clarity, would break apart. The earth, lacking tranquility, would erupt. The gods, lacking divinity, would vanish. The valley, lacking abundance, would wither. Myriad things, lacking life, would be extinct. The rulers, lacking standard, would be toppled. Therefore, the honoured uses the lowly as basis. The higher uses the lower as foundation. Thus, the rulers call themselves alone, bereft, and unworthy. Is this not using the lowly as basis? Is it not so? Therefore, the ultimate honour is no honour. Do not wish to be shiny like jade. Be dull like rocks. This chapter clearly explains the nature of oneness or wholeness of the Tao and its complete opposite when we are lacking that oneness or when we forget the Tao or the Tao is lost. And so this unpacks every layer of that from where that the Tao is central of everything and then we go down to its opposite where the separation exists from not living from the humble place because in this chapter, oneness is the quest best undertaken in the spirit of humility. Yeah, that's right. The oneness or wholeness is here kind of saying the aspect, one aspect of Tao, but at the same time, it is Tao mm. as well. So in some sense, this oneness, which the 10,000 things originates from, is, you could say, a little bit like a Tai Chi, Tai Chi and Uchi element. So Tai Chi is the movement of the energy. That is what creates that 10,000 things. So here the oneness or wholeness, it could be identical to Tai Chi. But then Tai Chi is 
also come from the uchi, which is the complete emptiness. That is actually the Tao, the same thing. So that uh, Tai Chi is an aspect of uchi, the aspect of ta- uh, of the Tao, so that the wholeness, the oneness here is the Tao, but at the same time is an, an aspect of the Tao. So that is what, again, pre- prevents uh, earth from splitting or um, a country from failing. So it's the most fundamental, more foundational uh, value, the strength of the universe, and that is a humility. Yeah, the wise one would uh, always put themselves in the low place, would consider themselves as um, widowed, as worthless, orphaned, like this. It's, uh, it sounds a little bit uh, maybe extreme, but th- that is what holds the whole entire universe together, that strength which is uh, humility. This is why Taoism is a system of integral non-duality. So it's kind of like, almost like Vishishtavaita in India, like uh, qualified non-dualism. So in taking in the whole aspect, like not a, not a negation that the world exists, but actually an, an embrace that the world is part of the whole. And I like how you mentioned the Tai Chi, because if you look at the symbol of Tai Chi, which is the yin and yang, that is the completion from Dao in stillness, Uchi, to Dao in motion, Tai Chi. And so that symbol itself kind of encapsulates the whole of existence, including Uchi, right? We could say, okay, fundamentally, Dao is Uchi, is Dao in stillness, and then it moves. Similarly, in Advaita Vedanta, where we have Naguna Brahman, so Brahman without qualities, and then we have Saguna Brahman, Brahman with qualities. And now, in, even in Advaita Vedanta, they say the Guna Brahman is the ultimate. Yes. But at the same time, when you look at it from a, a holistic perspective, Saguna Brahman can be considered the ultimate because within it, it has no Guna Brahman as well. So it has the entire existence. When you're looking at it from an integral perspective, yes. so it has the entire existence plus the ultimate nature within it. So in saying that, the Tao is imminent within all things but also transcends all things you see so that's the nature of Tao, nature of brahman it's it's imminent within everything but it also transcends it it's it's not like an either or scenario it's it's a mutual aspect it, it has this a mutually arising mm. aspect which which in chinese it's shasheng right like you have mutually arising opposites that are actually mutually arising unified opposites so in saying that uchi and in Tai Chi can be mutually arising opposites, Tao and stillness, Tao and motion. Mm. Then we have the entire reality that we exist in. And as Lao Tzu says in this chapter, it's when we just look at nature as it is without interfering with it, that's how we actually feel the whole, feel the oneness in our life. The gods are dancing as Derek in Derek's translation, you know, like the gods are not... The divinity is there, right? Like the gods have attained this oneness. And so when we live in a world where we move away from this oneness, as Derek says, the gods vanish. And the irony is, as we see in the world, we're living in a very godless world at the moment where people are turning their back on religion and certain narratives in the world undermine traditional cultures and traditional values where those traditions have been passed down 
since the dawn of time, if we look at India, since the, since the rishis, the seven rishis, you have the Vedas and you have this whole lineage of knowledge that is still with us today. It's amazing, right? But then you have this small minority of people within this generation who say, not to hell with all this, this is all nonsense. And this is an aspect of probably the Kali Yuga that the Hindus were talking about, that the world becomes more materialistic. And so people then turn their back on traditions, turn their back on spirituality and say to hell with that. But the, the whole purpose of the Puranas, where you find the information of the Kali Yuga, is that the reason why Vyasa wrote these texts down, and even probably why Lao Tzu wrote the Tao Te Ching, was that there was going to be people eventually in this time that need spiritual knowledge to survive in this current materialistic world, right? Consumeristic world. And that's probably everyone listening and watching this podcast. Well, all the, the, the uh, kudos to Vyasa, the, how he, um, <laughs> oh my God, yeah. he compiled all that uh, knowledge together and wrote it all these bloody, like, like a dictionary, thick <laughs> books, right? Every single... Oh, of them are like this right mm. yeah so it's very important to acknowledge that we have that oneness and wholeness in everyday life I think that's what's most important thing again the, the very purpose of this discussion and the very purpose of us uh, studying these ancient knowledge and philosophy is what to be able to apply to our life right just to know about it is not going to make any change no. actually so that we need to apply this to our lives and that is to acknowledge and understand the wholeness and the oneness aspect of Tao is in our daily life like you mentioned the Vashishtavaita is actually very very important even in Hinduism that people think that oh, all is Maya and this is not real and like only sh only Shiva, so that they don't take any accountability to their life, mm. and they just uh, you know don't take things uh, very uh, with a grateful attitude, right? But again, this the movement of energy, movement of chi is uh, the aspect of the Tao and understanding that, and we are living in that, and we will be able to see our life in a kind of very different way, mm. so that it gives us, I think, a bigger picture and a different perspective of our life, right? When you come from that uh, perspective, that you can kind of understand your life a bit easier, not in a linear way that we usually do is more like a cyclical right yeah. and that the movement of energy is cyclical because one after the other is all connected to each other and that is a huge uh, element of Taoism. That's right, that's right and to come back into accord with this oneness as it goes into a lot in this chapter and as it goes into a lot in the Tao Te Ching yeah. is about coming back to that lowly place Right, coming back to that lowly place. Now, what does that mean? That means humility, and we mean an, an uncontrived humility too, not an unctuous humility, not a fake humility, a real tangible humility that's innate within us. It's actually innate within everyone, right? Like we have all have this humility from birth, but then we're taught certain things in society where we think that humility is... Uh, humiliation we think that humility is weak mm. 
where actually humility is strength, right? Because it's the most paradoxical force in nature. It's, it's identical with water in that sense, where water seeks the lowest places, but is, the most, is a paradoxically the most powerful force in nature. It can do anything, right? Yes. Water can just end civilization like that. Mm. And so that's the lesson for all of us on the path and who are immersed in the great spiritual traditions is that humility is something that we need to not cultivate, but come back into harmony with because it's already an innate part of your existence. But you can't have a contrived humility. Maybe you could, in some sense, lean more into that way. Like, for example, instead of getting into a heated debate about something, just, look, this guy's an egghead and there's no way I can convince this person, so I'll just move on and do my thing. And it's all right that that person thinks differently. You, you've got to remember that not everyone's going to think the same way as you, as Lao Tzu explains a million times in the Tao Te Ching as well. And so you really see this this emphasis on that when we move away from this, then all types of disorder happens, right? Like there's the real honor in the world, the real integrity is lost when we fall out of accord with the way nature actually truly is. In the one of the lines in this chapter talks about the firmness of the earth, mm. right? And what usually happens when like a, this gigantic building construction going on mm. what's the first thing they do is the foundational work right if foundation can't hold a gigantic building is a whole that the work a lot amount of work they went into mm. will go nowhere eventually right it'll just fall so it's simply as that and that how f the foundation is important, that that foundation has to be strong enough to hold that gigantic building, that weight, that all that material that's going to be on top of it, right? So that's how important it is. We don't pay much attention because we are in that level, maybe looking down, mm. so that we're just taking for granted, yeah, of course there's ground, there's earth, and there's soil and whatnot. But without that foundation, nothing can be built on, on upon that on on the earth, uh, no, really. No. So again, to be uh, really honored is to be in that place and become that firmness of the ground, the firmness of the earth. Uh, then we will be able to carry, however heavy that the building that we are trying to build within ourselves, mm. right? Internally, if you were to have a strong strength, uh, just let's say patient resilience, this kind of things, that the stronger it is, more we can endure, mm. more we can carry the weight. Yeah. It's simple. Simple, yeah. We live in a world now where we're trying to build the roof first. <laughs> Good luck with that. Hey, I'm going to start working on the ceiling. I don't really know how that makes sense, but yes, let's let's see how we go. They're just trying to rush to get there first, right? Exactly. And I like what you said about resilience, right? Like we live in a world now at the moment, unfortunately, where we've lost that kind of resilient attitude and we've become overly sensitive about every little thing. Someone could say something to somebody now in this day and age because of social media too. Remember, this never happened before social media. Maybe if depending on circumstance but not to the degree where you can say some, someone can look at you now right and if they disagree with one thing 
about you, you're gone. You're cancelled. Imagine. Imagine how can you agree with every little thing from every person? We used to live in a resilient world where, you know, if someone, if you did disagree with someone about something, it'd be like, whatever. Like, you know, we agree to disagree. We move on. I, I still love and appreciate you. And we just, whatever. Like, how can, like, I don't understand this new psychology of, if you're not up with the moral flavors of the time and if you say anything out of accord with them or if you express a viewpoint that I don't agree with and you're instantly cancelled, this is a sign of weakness and oversensitivity and a lack of resilience, right? And in some sense, this goes to how we're raising our children in this day and age and how education is raising our children, right? Like there's an NRL coach in Australia, National Rugby League coach in Australia who it's gone on record to say that over the 30, 40 years that he's been coaching, he's noticed men get weaker and weaker and weaker as the generations go by. And he's had to tend to this kind of oversensitive psychology that has happened to them, right? And this is not just men. This is also women as well. And so the social dynamic is, is destabilizing individuals. And so, again, as we mentioned in the previous podcast, you need to live with principles and, and not get pushed here and there by whatever the narrative is of the time. Lao Tzu would never do that. Lao Tzu would actually just leave the society. That's a fact, right? He understands the Tao is the oneness of reality. And so everyone else pushing their own dualistic agenda, he's looking at it just going like, what is this insanity? Mm. There's no trust. There's no empathy, no compassion. There's no resilience. Everyone's just getting triggered about every little thing and then we have the world that we have now, right, where there's a lot of confusion, where if Lao Tzu was the president, then maybe things would be different. He'd be promoting Uwei. Let's follow the path of non-interference. Let's love and appreciate everyone else. Let's accept the fact that we all think differently in certain ways. Cultures are different. This is naturally how nature is there's aspects of the world that are different and things develop differently but there's a lot more similarities and differences we never highlight that right there's a lot more similarities between different cultures than there are differences and for you and i because we're, we're ardent travelers we love the differences that's why we go to different countries we like to see the differences we but one thing that we notice all the time is that the people are wonderful they're humble they're, they appreciate you and anyone else and it's a false narrative that we actually live in this world of of conflict it's a it's a byproduct of whatever the agenda is of the media networks and whatever the moral flavors of the time are where when you walk out into the street everyone's hunky-dory everyone's all good you know so but we've lost this understanding of this innate oneness it is i think as simple as just being mature Having a bit of a maturity, yeah. <laughs> I think, just accept the difference. Uh, sometimes we disagree. Ah, oh, well, life is sometimes uh, not going uh, your way, and just being mature from it, yeah. being a, have the maturity. I think. And what's sad is that what you just said is mind blowing for a lot of people. <laughs> like it's common knowledge. Like just ten years ago, before social media was a thing, right? But now it's like, did you hear what Guy Young said? She said it's just about being mature. And it's like, Let's just be able to listen to other people, although you don't agree with that uh, mm, person. Mm. I mean, that's just being a mature person, yeah. right? And again, if someone's trying to force something upon you, you have the resilience to just say, I'm okay. I'm fine. 
I don't need to know what you're doing. I don't need to understand what you're doing. You don't want to understand what Taoism is or what Vedanta is or what Buddhism is. And that's okay. That's okay. It's always been that way anyway. <laughs> this, this what we're doing here has always been for the real minority in the world. And we're completely fine because that's the nature of the reality, yes. you know. I mean, um, yes, <laughs> Vedanta and Taoism and all these ancient wisdom traditions, not for everyone, but if we were to be not be able to accept that fact that we'll just go out and just uh, give in pamphlets on the street, that's very un-Taoist, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, they're simple as that. And again, when you pointed out that the weakness, but people think of humility is like uh, they associate with the humiliation and being weak and this and that, and and how in total in general the society the is getting softer and getting weaker is allow people to be overly sensitive and soft, yeah. and I think that eventually will lead into like um, dying of like a level of a high level of um, expertise for example for example like just as, as simple as uh, the builders for instance and building um like a strong structures that stand after 100 and 200 years mm. right and or even like let's say a heart surgeon or something like that and that kind of people the, the brilliant people often come from a harsh environment yeah that kind of uh, made those people resilient and fight against um, the difficulties for long time and the endurance that the environment gave them to be able to endure for all those years, decades of time to study or to build the strong structures and whatnot. Whereas nowadays everything is kind of instant culture, mm. right? And that makes us soft. Yeah. And that'll eventually come around and will give us um, a lot of disadvantages. Well, that's why Lao Tzu says anything that is great, as you were alluding to, is built from a strong foundation. So everything we have today is built from a strong foundation, right? Like the, the traditions we have, the lineages that we're a part of, even the spiritual lineages, are built from a strong foundation from the beginning. And then there was slow work to get to where we are now. And so you and I have the advantage of being in 2023 where we can have access to all of this great spiritual knowledge built on the back of the greats before, before us, right? And so that's with anything though, right? Like it's like you said, we live in such a get it now, get it quick culture, whereas anything great takes time. You need to build slowly and have patience and understand that all good things come to those who can wait. It doesn't come to those instantly, right? Like if you're just going to start making TikTok videos, it's hard to make any sort of art that is beneath one minute, right? Like it's not a lasting art form. It's designed for advertising. It's designed for corrupting minds. It's not designed for education, for art, for furthering humanity. And so we have to personally especially when we talk about our own spiritual practice, is build a strong foundation in our life. You need to refrain from whatever the society is pushing on you and focus on the great traditions. And if you're here because of Taoism, focus on Taoism. Watch our podcasts. Watch my videos. 
read the Tao Te Ching, study it, get get commentaries, grab the Zhuangzi, grab the Wanzi, grab Leitzi, you know, grab all of these great texts and study it to its nth degree. Grab scholarly works based on Taoism. Yes. Be serious about it because a lot of people are serious about their Facebook page, but they're not serious about this. It's like a – it becomes like what you said, like a, a get-it-now fast food thing. Like, oh, yeah, I like to have a little bit of Taoism every Sunday, have a little snack and then back to doing what I do best. <laughs> <laughs> so build a strong foundation, especially if you're, you are a spiritual aspirant. You need to just build a strong foundation. Make sure you're meditating a lot. Make sure you're studying a lot. And don't care about what other people say to you. Like you always get this – you get this new – spiritual shaming that comes from the west now oh you're a reader oh you need to read books still i'm at a different higher level and it's like instantly when someone's shaming someone else you know that then you know they're not really following the path first of all if you're not reading i mean what the hell are you doing as part of the path you know the great texts you need to understand what they are because they've come down from the rishis they've come down from lao Tzu and Zhuangzi, gautama the buddha and you're going to say that you are greater than them no, you're not. No, nowhere near it. No. Nowadays, people like to talk about the, the mental fitness a lot, right? And the mental fitness, that's more like in relation to um, like a depression and mental illness and whatnot, the anxiety problems and things like that. But And I think all that kind of things are related to uh, how we are losing the ability to be able to focus on one thing for a long period of time at a deep state. And being in the deep state of mind is completely natural to us, completely natural to our brain. That is, uh, again, um, in connection with what you were talking about, studying these classics. And when you read and study classics, you have to be able to really concentrate at a very deep level and for a long period of time to actually understand the core teaching of it. And it's, again, I see that because of this fast food culture, we are losing this ability, unfortunately. And the, the, in our brain, we, we all know what dopamine is. The dopamine is a, 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 like a hormone that it produces in, within the neurosynapses, which uh, makes us feel good. Like um, when we have chocolate, when we have um, yeah, when we eat delicious food, or when we go out and experience something really fun. That that's where when the dopamine produces within our brain. And actually, dopamine gets produced even when you are in a deep state as well. When you study this deep knowledge, that means that you are enjoying it. You are enjoying being in a deep state of mind and studying this knowledge. And that's when you can actually endure with the difficulties in your own mind, right? Because no one really wants to sit down for a long period of time um, in the, reading these difficult texts. Right, but the higher the challenge is, actually, more you would want to be in that deep state, and more you want to be in the deep state, more dopamine comes out in your brain, and that creates completely different and much healthier neural network in your brain. Mm. So instead of building our neural network from just the 
endless watching um, TV series after series and munch on things and drinks and things like that. It's much healthier to build your neural network from being in the deep state, obviously, right? So that only develops your mental fitness. Mm. That helps the endurance your strong mentality, really. And that's what's really lacking. And that's, again, connection to um, humility. When dopamine produces in a healthy way, in the way it's supposed to, then we naturally stay happy, right? You become happy. And when you become happy, what, what happens? Our nature comes out more naturally, right? We, we are more ourselves, mm-hmm. right? So then what we are naturally good, we naturally empathetic to others because that makes us feel good as well. That's a true sense of happiness, mm-hmm. right? So then you become easier to bring yourself a little bit back, become humble, yeah, being humble is actually completely, completely natural to us and benefits everyone, including yourself. Mm. So it only uh, makes yourselves happy and others. That's right. That's right. It's interesting that because of the way the world is and everyone's on these big dopamine dumps, that that contentment and humility you're talking about is is rarely experienced, right? Like because they're not accessing that deep state. Whereas I can attest to this from being a writer is that when I have a good day of writing three or four hours, like in a deep state, the feeling afterwards is something something else. Like it's you can't get it from any sort of high or it's just it's it's a it's hard to de- to describe, right? It's it's a real sense of deep sense of fulfillment or satisfaction. Like where anything could happen, it doesn't really matter. And like you said, like a lot of people are not accessing this deep state. And we were talking privately about a neo-Confucianism, about how there's this I, co- concept of deep thinking that in some sense, some people have more of that turned on than others. This ability to think deeply about certain things where some people don't have that. They swim in the shallows a lot. But we all have it. Some may need to cultivate it a bit more. Some it may feel natural to them. But we've, we've built a society and culture where we're implored to swim in the shallows. Don't think too much, okay? Don't use your brain. Let the world think for you. You'll be fine. There's AIs. Yeah. <laughs> Don't learn how to write. Don't worry about grammar and this and that. Let the robot do it for you. So, look, we're going down a really dangerous path when we're doing that because what happens to the human mind when we continually outsource things? We, we constantly get dumber. It's a, it's a fact. If we look at literary levels back in the early 1900s, we look at the vocabulary people were using, and if we look at ours, it is absolutely destroyed. That's why if you read books from the 1800s and early 1900s, you, sometimes you're reading them and you're going, wow, like the sentences are like... A paragraph long, and and this you know this just this is again a, a contraction of continually outsourcing, right? So, and some people may say, oh yeah, but grammar is just you know something. But when does the tide stem? You know, like because we keep saying, oh, it's just something innocent like grammar, it's okay. But this is constantly going on. We're constantly outsourcing things, and then the eventual outcome is that we're just the constant couch potato. 
<laughs> so we just live on the couch. The toilet seat will be on the couch. You'll be getting deliveries. And then all you'll do is just live on Netflix. And then they will be telling you what their ideological framework is that you need to support so you can go around and share it on Instagram. And so that's the dangerous place that we're going to, right? And so, I mean, if Lao Tzu saw the world now, I mean, he would just, he'd roll. I mean, I don't know what he would do, jump off a bridge probably, but <laughs> he would be dumbfounded. Yeah. But getting back to the spirit of humility in relation to oneness is that each and every one of us on the personal level has to come back to this lower place, isn't it? Like if we operate from there, as we were talking about before, like things can happen and you're not r really triggered by it. It's just, it's just life. Things happen in life, right? Like you're not so attached to your self-image or your, your worldview of the world that you can just allow things to happen. And you know that even, say, on a personal level, if you disagree with it, you know that's going to change as well. Mm. Change is constant. So you become the master of change. So you, you understand that that is going to change. Everyone's triggered by it now and they're angry about whatever it may be. But it's so temporary. Yes, it's all about holding your ground firmly, holding isn't it? 100%. That only can come from having the humility. The humble attitude can only contribute to hold your ground firmly, yeah. not to be moved by anything. And that's the thing, like, because humility coincides with trust, right? And trust is the paradox of oneness. This is what people don't understand. See, trust is a paradox of oneness or the paradox of unity, mm. where, like, to feel oneness or to have unity, you need to trust. It's ironic, right? Where we've got all of the social justice warriors out there, the politicians out there, just your, maybe your neighbor out there trying to tell you how to think and what to do because their worldview is the right worldview according to them. And that is a lack of trust. And so they don't understand wholeness. They don't understand oneness, the nature of reality. They don't understand it. They, and then when you start to explain it to them, you get that glassy look in the eye. <laughs> you don't, we all know that glassy look in the eye, yeah, don't we? The, We're the vacant. Vacant. You've lost them. But <laughs> this is the fact. It's, trust is the paradox of oneness. And the essence of trust is humility. Because if you're humble, you allow the world to be as it will. Because you've actually felt that oneness within your heart. Mm. And I think that's what is, in some sense, I was going to say the end goal for all spiritual aspirants, but it's actually our true nature. It's about unraveling ourselves from the socialization process that we find ourselves in to actually come back into that essence of oneness within our hearts. Well. So, guys, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>